Hi guys, this is Olive Cookson and welcome to the 11th episode of Bootstrap Your Life. I hope everyone had a great August and it's great to be back recording. I've had lots of thoughts and ideas of what I could do next with a podcast for in the future, but more importantly, I obviously want to answer the questions that have been coming in thick and fast through August. One particular question has been asked a number of times, so I thought I would jump onto that question. So in the 10th episode, I did say I would be discussing the growing stage or pains of a business, but I'm going to change it to this question, which is around recruitment, because there's been, as I say, a number of similar questions. Also, I'm really happy to announce we've got a winner for the competition that was picked by the team in August post the end of the competition day. So I will announce a little later on who won the prize. On to the actual question. The question is a really, really important one. In fact, it's probably, if not the, it's one of the most important things to consider when scaling a business. Any business, not just a bootstrap business or a pre-seed business or a seeded business or a fully funded business or a huge business, it's absolutely essential to hire and recruit the right people that may be great in another business but it has to be the right fit for your business and your vision and your culture. So I've employed people at lots of different stages of business. I've employed people in the bootstrap capacity, i.e. the first employee after me. I've employed people obviously further down the growth of my protein. I've employed people in a funded business with later ventures. So I think I've got a good rounded objective view of recruitment in general and it's not something that I specifically did by the rule book as it were. Obviously there's some best practices to follow but I believe there is some things that I did which are outside the box which I think could be useful to you and I felt were useful to the business. First of all, thanks for the continued positive reviews. It's still five star rated with over 70 reviews now which is amazing. So that is really, really appreciated. And for me to read the reviews and the feedback is is so important. It makes me smile and it gives me impetus to, to get these things recorded and share the knowledge and just keep on doing it, I guess. So on that basis, I'd like to give a thank you to J.R. Jones, P. Will, the original OC. I'm not sure I'm, I'm fully behind that nickname. <laughs> but no, we'll call you the original OC. Benji B98. Marcus123 and Dom FCFC. So a massive thank you to each and every one of you for taking the time out to leave me a review. And if you haven't left me one yet, and hopefully you like the show, then please do go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. So on the same tip, if you don't want to leave a review or you have left a review, and what I would really appreciate is if you could tell a friend or a colleague or a family member or anyone about the show and share the love that's the way the show will grow and that's the way it will prosper for everyone Um, the more people listen to it the more time I can devote to it and regardless I will always continue to give it my best shot as I do with anything in life if I'm going to do it I'll do it 100% but of course it's a free podcast so I guess the currency is leaving a review or telling some friends about it that's the basis and I'd really appreciate it so, on to the competition. For those that don't know, the competition was to win an hour's coaching or one-to-one with me on hopefully helping your business or your idea take off. And hopefully I can add some value in the hour for you. 
and the team who helped me put this together, which is not just me, I have a few people who help pull everything together for me, have picked a random winner from one of the many people that entered, so it's really appreciated all the people that entered, but one of the people that entered and it was, happy to announce it's Jenny Woodbury. She's from a business called Chef Jen, or, or sorry, by Chef Jen, which when I've had a quick look, I'm sure Jenny will be quick to correct me if I'm wrong on the call, but it's a catering business, but on a bespoke meal plan service business. So it's actually an area I've got a bit of experience around because I did have a business which wasn't that big. It was called Eat Zest, which was a pre-made meal business a number of years ago. However, it's something I believe I can add value around and hopefully I will be able to do that for Jenny. So we'll be in touch with you, Jenny, to arrange a time that's convenient for you and we'll do the call. And in terms of the competition, because it was so well received, then I will look to do something else similar in the future. Finally, just a quick one. If you give me a follow on Instagram, I have an Instagram page now, Mr. at Mr. Oliver Cookson, Twitter at Oliver Cookson, and LinkedIn is just Oliver Cookson. So if you're not following me across those channels, please do me give me a quick follow as there's some useful content on there, I'm sure, for you. Okay, guys, well, let's jump on to the question. So to recap, the question is, it's not from one person. There's a number of people asked a similar question, so I'm just, I've just condensed it into a larger question, if you like, which is effectively, how do you hire the right people to scale your business? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to answer this question in a diff few different ways. I'm going to answer you from my experience, from my pro team, which was obviously bootstrapped, when it was budget was next to zero, then I'm going to answer it from the growth journey of my protein to going much later on in the business cycle, five or six years when I started to employ the directors, the senior management team, obviously everything in between. And then also with a few ventures that I've done since then, where obviously I have, it's funded because I've, I've got more money to, to employ people. It's not on a bootstrap. So employing that way as well. So I think that really does cover most of the bases of employment and recruitment. So hopefully it should give you a really comprehensive answer. So first of all, I just want to focus on why we recruit, what the benefits are, which is an obvious question, but I just want to start there. So I can't, as I just mentioned previously, I can't underestimate how important it is to hire the right people to help grow the business. Those hires are your business, they are you, and it's so important to scale. It's, the, it's, it's probably the most important thing in business if you want to grow a business and scale it because there's only so many hours in a day. There's only so many plates you can spin on your own before you end up dropping plates and smashing. Some could be small issues, but you could really drop a big ball, which could be devastating for the business. So bringing in those people to help spin those plates with you is absolutely crucial. Obviously, there's no perfect answer of when that should happen because uh, every business is different. But there is there are certainly some signs and certainly some key tips of when it is best to do that and how best to do it, which is obviously what I'll cover in these episodes. So it's not just a workload point where people can take workload from you so you can have extra people spinning plates, for the analogy I'd like to use. But also there are lots of people out there that are better than you in certain areas, and that's for me as well. So what is absolutely key is bringing in those people who cover your weaknesses. And what they will do is they'll uplift that department or that function 
or a process within any of those two departments or functions and improve it. And obviously that's where you want to keep on doing. You want to do continual improvement across the business throughout. And to do that, you need to bring in better people that are better than you or better than the people who are currently doing the job to continually improve it. So to do that, you need to recognize what your strengths are. That's absolutely key. And that's usually not that difficult for people to do. Most people know what their strengths are. However, knowing what your weaknesses are is a bit more of a delicate skill in itself and one you must be completely honest with yourself and dismiss the ego. That is easier said than done and it is absolutely crucial to building a successful team. So what I've always done is, there's two things, either A, if I'm getting overloaded with work in one area of a business, for example, I'm packing too many orders, when just as an example, in the bootstrap business, then I'd look to employ someone to pack orders. That'd free up more of my time to do stuff where I can actually develop the business more. Or on a separate side, if I was weaker in an area, say accounts, for example, which is one of my weak spots, then I would recruit a, an accountant or a finance director or a bookkeeper even, just someone who would then improve and uplift that skill set which I'm weaker at. So thinking of the early hires of my protein, that's where we'll start. So obviously my protein was a bootstrap business, so the budget was very low indeed. So we certainly couldn't afford to go to a recruitment agency and pay the expensive fees they charge. And also we couldn't pay the expensive salaries that that senior or experienced candidates would want and also, of course, deserve. Firstly, I don't think all interview structures fit all roles. This is something which is a bit left of field. Well, that's my opinion, and it's something that served me well. So I'm not saying it needs to be an interview process for an exact role and one for every single role, because that would be unmanageable. But certainly these buckets, so these buckets of various roles, which are of similar skill sets, where you can bucket them off and have a similar interview process. And that's something I did. We had different structures of interview process depending on the role, skill set, was it back office, was it front of house, was it senior, was it junior. So we really refined and created a unique interview process, which with trial and error, you know, we got it wrong in the early days, of course, and probably got it wrong in the late days as well. You know, nothing's 100% perfect, but certainly it made the errors much lower. And that is so important because hiring the wrong people can be absolutely devastating for a business, especially in the early days. I'll come back to that specific point more later in either this show or the part two. Okay, starting with my experience at my protein. So just give you a bit of backstory. I founded the business in June 2004. Was it May 2004? That's when I launched the business, sorry. I was working on it obviously for months before that. And then it was just me, myself and I. So I was doing the whole shebang. Everything from packing, everything, every, literally everything. It's just myself. So building the website, packing the orders, doing a customer service, cleaning up afterwards, just everything. So I did that actually for around nine months. I think from memory, I did have a few. I think my mum came to help out on weekends. Sometimes she had a full-time role. I think my auntie did as well. Um, did some overtime, if you like, just to help me pack the orders and blend them because I was struggling to keep up with demand. But then my first employee, my first employee was actually my mum. 
And she was working, as I just mentioned, in City Centre Manchester as secretary for a pensions firm. I think she'd been there for maybe 17 years. So obviously she was very much in that role. And I think she wanted to see that the business would be, I think I asked her for, for a few months before, uh, but I think she was being cautious. She wanted to see that the business was growing. And I kept on showing her the numbers and my mum's quite a cautious lady. So, but I think after after we did 300, 400K in the first year, I think she could see, and we made over 100K profit, I think she could see that there was something there. So that's what she did. She left a full-time job and she came to work for me. And her role was Chief Blender, which I affectionately call her. So effectively, she took over the role of packing the powders, blending the powders, putting them in boxes and taking that whole operational piece off me. So that freed up so much time for me to then focus on things that could grow the business, which I was doing in the working day and night as well. But this obviously freed up so much more time, an extra six, seven, eight hours a day to actually enable me to really zone in and grow the business. So I think the key lesson here is really get some traction first, show the businesses working great. Because the first three months, I think, of the, when I started my protein, I was working full-time as well, actually. So maybe I was doing it for around four to six months just on my own, full-time. And then that, that's where I brought in my mum, the first employee. With hindsight, I probably should have brought someone in earlier because the money was obviously there. We made six-digit number of profit in the first year. However, I was 23. I was broke other than the money I was making from the business, which was reinvesting, so it wasn't really true profit. Then I didn't have any savings. I just bought my first house, literally a couple of weeks either side of setting up my pro team, which was a two up, two down in Edgeley in Stockport for anyone that knows it. And I had no comfort blanket to cover my mortgage. My parents didn't have any money, nor my friends. If things went pear-shaped, I was fully on my own with obviously a mortgage round my neck. So it was obviously a bit of a scary time. With hindsight, I would have probably done it differently. Um, however, I do think the lesson here is be cautious, get some traction, so show some growth if you're bootstrapping, and then you can look to bring that person on. I probably did a little bit late with hindsight. However, I, I think a lot of people bring do it too early and they put themselves under too much pressure. So from that point on, the business obviously kept on growing at a crazy rate. And all of the rec recruitments I did since or from that point onwards for the next year or two were all back of house, so all operational staff. So it was more production operatives who were making the orders. It was uh, pick pack warehouse operatives who were obviously packing the orders off and putting all the stock away and, and all of the warehouse processes. We had someone in the office who was doing the admin for orders. And then finally, we had a couple of supervisors in the warehouse and production departments who were essentially just making sure the operatives were doing what they were supposed to do, hitting the right KPIs at a micro level. Right guys, that is the end of the 11th episode of Bootstrap Your Life. Hopefully there's some useful information in there. Again, it's a topic I could talk about for a long time, this question. Recruitment is such an important one. So I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope it's been of use. So episode 12 will be a continuation of this. Again, I hope you, you found it useful. So as always, I really appreciate it. If you found this useful, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. And also, please do tell friends and family or work colleagues or anyone if you found it useful because it would be really appreciated by myself. Please add me on Instagram at Mr. Oliver Cookson or Twitter or LinkedIn, which is just Oliver Cookson. 
and follow me across those channels and hopefully you should get some extra nuggets if you enjoy the content that comes through on these podcasts. So again, I just want to thank you so much for your time and for listening and I will look forward to speaking to you again next Wednesday.